Amen. All right, let's welcome Pastor Joe and Brian to the stage. Praise God. Hallelujah. Here we go. We're studying faith. Remember that, right? Good. You can't study that too much, right? can never have enough teaching on faith. Amen? Praise God. Okay, Brian. Alrighty, so we're going to start in Romans 12, 3. That's on your outline on page 2. So I'm going to go ahead and read that scripture. It says, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. A measure of faith. A measure. Some translations say the measure of faith. And I believe there's a reason for that. Um, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that the measure of faith that we receive, which everything we receive from God always comes seed form, right? A couple of people got it. Everything we receive from God comes in seed form, right? Okay. So it's only logical that the, the measure of faith that we receive, all of us, every individual, every person ever conceived, ever born, receives that seed of faith, and what is it for? It's enough faith for us to believe the gospel and to respond and to declare Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord of our lives. Amen? Right, and you have that right underneath that scripture. The next sentence says, God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. God has given to each person, each person the measure of faith. Each one gets the same. So he's not giving Pastor Joe more right. than he gave me. Right. Now, that doesn't mean that one person can't operate and more faith than another because faith comes by hearing. I mean, we got that verse someplace here. I don't know where it is. Right down underneath. Where? Hebrews 11.1. Yeah. No, Romans 10.17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So I like to put it this way, and some of you have heard me say this before. Faith comes by hearing and faith stays by hearing. Amen. Because, you know, we're like, you know, we have holes in us. Mm-hmm. And stuff leaks out. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Stuff, stuff, if you don't keep putting it in, it's going to leak out. And not only that, but we're supposed to keep giving out. But if we keep giving out and not taking in, we weaken ourselves. So we, we, you got to keep hearing about faith. you got to keep studying about faith. This is why we're determined to take our time on this subject. And, uh, you know, we'll do Wednesday nights like this until Jesus comes back. Uh, because he said, and, and honestly, it's tied in with Jesus coming back, because he said, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith, faith on the earth? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're constantly, I mean, maybe some of you in here go about life and have no challenges. If, you're, if that's you here, please pray for us. <laughs> but you're gonna, as long as you're alive and as long as we're on this side of the coffin and on the grave, there's going to be opportunities to use our faith. So you can't get enough of this teaching. It's, it's very important because um, at some point in time, you're going to have an opportunity, maybe even before you go to bed tonight, you're going to have an opportunity to operate in faith. Amen. And, and on top of that, and I'm going to shut up after this because we're going to get through this. Yeah. Okay. Um, when you and I operate in faith, it sets an example for others that are youngsters in the faith. People that are just coming into faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, just becoming aware of the scriptures and the promises of God, we need to set that example. 
you know, uh, and I'm not saying this to put any kind of guilt or condemnation on anybody, um, but when we, when a, when a born-again believer, especially if you've been walking with the Lord for any amount of time, when we fall to pieces, people notice that. And on the opposite end of that spectrum, when we walk in faith and we go through challenges and we come up on the other side and God is glorified through everything, we're, we're, that also is a witness. Absolutely. Yes. You know, I remember years ago, and then I'm going to be quiet. Uh, my wife and I were forced to go into bankruptcy. We're talking 92. Yeah, 92. 90, well, it, we went into bankruptcy, not bankruptcy in 92, but the problem started like in 87. Does anybody remember the recession in 1987? What a disaster that was. Well, I decided to go into the restaurant business at the height of the recession, which wasn't too smart to do. So, um, you know, we ended up having to go into bankruptcy. And I remember my brother, uh, the next one after me, my, my younger brother, he, we were talking on the phone one day, and he said to me, I don't know how you're going through what you're going. I don't know how you haven't lost your mind. I don't know how. Because he knew we were losing everything. We lost the restaurant. We lost our house, houses. We lost vehicles. I mean, we, we just had to start from scratch after that. And I said to him on the phone, Pat, if, if I didn't know in whom I believe, yeah. I would put a concrete block around my neck and go throw myself in the inlet, right. you know? Because without that faith in God, without him showing himself faithful mm -hmm. throughout the years, you want to give up. Right. But you also, when you understand and he establishes a track record in our lives, then you can go back and say, well, the last time something like this happened, God came through for me, and this is how it happened, and this is what he did, and this is how faithful he was. It's important for us to walk in faith. And, and, you know, not everybody has tremendous needs all the time, but the truth is everybody has needs. And so we all have a sphere of influence. You, you have people that are watching you. You have family members, uh, coworkers, neighbors uh, that know your life, and many of them are watching how we're going through the challenges of life. If we fall to pieces... That speaks loud to people. Yep. So, let's, so bu let's build our faith. You yeah. kind of answered the next question, which is how much is it? It's enough to believe God for salvation and everything else he's promised. Yeah, because Hebrews 11.1 1 does say that now faith is a substance. Go like this. Substance. substance. Not everybody did it. Substance. Substance, substance is tangible. Substance is a reality. And faith gives us, faith is a substance of the things that we hope for. Somebody asked me this question recently, the difference between hope and faith. Can you get answers from God if you're in hope? Mm -hmm. And I think you do, but the point to you, the answers that God gives to those that are in hope is that he points them to faith. Amen. Yeah, because on the next page, on page three, it says, according to this scripture... Faith actually gives substance to hope. And faith is the ability to see a provision from God that exists only in the spirit realm, invisible to the human eye, but very visible to the born-again spirit. Absolutely. When the Lord spoke to my heart in the spring of 95, um, no, excuse me, 94. No, 95. One of those springs. <laughs> and spoke to me uh, in a dream which I believe really was more of a vision than it was just a dream, and showed me that I would be going to Bible school, 
my wife and I would be going to Bible school, that we would uh, come back to Bricktown and start a church here, gave me the name of the church, right. showed me people in that dream who would be involved in the church that are in the church even now, 26 years later, that gave me the substance of the thing that was hoped for. Because you knew the character of God. Because I knew the character of God, and you know, by that point, I was saved 11 years already, so it wasn't like I was a, you know, a newbie. Um, that carried me. That, see, when you get a picture from God, I remember teaching on this a while ago. When you get a picture from God and you have it on the inside, that holds you through what, the, what sacrifices you're going to need to make in order to attain that. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, I remember telling my wife, look, this is what's going on. And, you know, she was supportive. Mm -hmm. But I realized it wasn't as alive to her that it was to me. She was trusting in my ability to hear from God. Does that make sense? But that picture of New Beginnings, at that time, the name that I, I felt like this is the way the Lord was leading us, all I heard was New Beginnings. But I came up with New Beginnings Christian Fellowship at that point. Now, uh, we changed that name later because a lot of people in the community don't really know what fellowship means. Mm -hmm. So then it became New Beginnings Christian Church and from there. But that picture carried me. Um, and some of you might remember me telling this story about how while we were in Bible school, uh, we were in Tulsa, Oklahoma in Bible school, New Beginnings would not become a reality uh, until September 14th. 1997, but this was in the spring of 95, so it was 95, yeah. okay? And so we went away for two years of Bible school. Now, that picture was so alive on the inside that I would tithe at from the church that we were at in Tulsa, Raymond Bible Church, okay? I would tithe in the name of New Beginnings Christian Fellowship. And if Raymond would have if they would have checked, there was no such thing. in the natural, there was no such thing yet. Say yet. Yes. There was no such thing yet as New Beginnings Christian Fellowship. But to be, there was. Right, inside of you. It existed in the realm of the spirit. Mm -hmm. It was up to us to bring it from the realm of the spirit into the natural. So what That's you, the substance of the thing hoped for. So during that two years, what do you do? Or what did you do specifically? If there was ever a time where you started to doubt. Something. Oh, there was, definitely. There were times like, what am I doing here? Yeah. You know, I got four kids to, to, to support, and I'm, I'm working for $5.75 an hour, mm -hmm. thinking I left people in the business that I sold that were making way more money than I was making <laughs> as a dishwasher, okay? And so, but that carries you. That, that vision carries you. And, uh, and it's normally not... The whole picture, right? It's just no. It's, it's never it's the whole picture. Piece of the, of the if you showed you the whole picture, you wouldn't need any faith. And you'd probably be too scared to, to take it off. Yeah. You, oh, are you kidding me? If he told me, oh, well, right now, go to Bible school because 25 or 24 years from now, you're going to have three campuses. You're going to have like 2,000 people that you're going to be responsible to, and there's going to be you're going to have a food pantry that's going to feed thousands of people in the community. And this is how much. And this is how much you're going to need every month. <laughs> I would have went. I'm going back in the deli business. <laughs> But it carries you, and you, have, you need to let God give you a picture on the inside of what you're hoping for. Let him show you. Let him give you the thing. Don't come up with the picture and go, uh, this is what I want to do. No, God, what do you want me to do? Show me the picture, and I'll run with it. Amen. You listening to me? Okay. And normally, it would seem as if the picture that God has 
is much better than any picture that we can come up with ourselves anyway. Yeah, but it's always more than you could ever accomplish in yourself. That's why above we need faith. It's, he's always, ab believe me, when he shows you stuff, it's always above and beyond yeah. because you have to be able to lean on him in order to accomplish it. He never gives us, he never, if you get something from, you think it's from God and it's easy for you to do, don't do it because it's not from God. Oh, wow. He never gives you things that are easy to do. That you can do on your own. That him. you can do on your own. Without what does he do? He leaves Moses, tells Moses where to go. Where does Moses end up? At a dead end, at the Red Sea. Mm -hmm. And he's looking at it. And he's looking at it, and he's going like, you know, what do we do from here? And what does God say? What do you got in your hand? Now, when Moses first got that staff, mm -hmm. because you see, well, I'm going into a whole teaching now. Yeah, which fine. When you see a staff mentioned in the Bible, in the Old Testament, there's way more backstory than what you see. A staff would be handed down from generation to generation to generation. Mm -hmm. And on that staff would be the history of a family. Oh, wow. So when you, when you got the staff in your hand, it's not just a piece of wood. You got, your fa you got the track record of what God has oh, wow. done really for generations. Mm -hmm. Okay? Really All right? Jacob is getting ready to die. What does it say? He leaned on his staff, and the next thing you know, he's blessing his children. Mm -hmm. Why? Because he's looking back on the generations of what God did oh, wow. from day one in that family. You see what I'm saying? That's really, that's really good. So the every one of us has a track record with God, but what happens when crisis strikes, we forget about the track record. Right, and, we act like, and we act like this is the first time, you know, we're ever going through anything. Mm -hmm. It's faith is the substance, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen yet. yet. And that's, this quote, that's kind of what Stephen Augustine said, right? He said, faith is to believe what you do not see. The reward of this faith is to see what you believe. Say it again for the people in the back. <laughs> faith, faith is to believe what you do not see. The reward of this faith is to see what you believe. Did you, did you get that? Yes. Let's read it again while you can follow us here. Faith is to believe what you do not see. We could throw in there, yet. Come on, say yet. Yes. The reward of this faith is to see what you believe. Are you getting it? Uh, and, and don't ever, as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, don't ever get caught talking like stupid people. Well, when I see it, I'll believe it. No, you'll never see it. It's the reverse. It's the reverse. You're not going to see it. You're going to see it when you believe yeah, it. Yeah, when I, when I see it, I'll believe it. No, don't, don't be looking for it because you're not going to see it. You believe first, then, then you see, see. Yeah. Amen? Amen. You believe first, then you see. And you had said something just before. You can use what you have in your hand to get to the next step. Like you, a lot of times we think we don't have enough that we need, or, or we, don't have, we don't have the things that we need to accomplish things that God wants us to do, but God's given us enough. He's given us enough. To get started. Right. And to trust him by faith as, Absolutely. We, as we progress down. Absolutely. To give us what right. we need on the next but step. But he never goes backwards. No. That's why people say, well, gee, I can't catch a break here. Every time I face an adversity, it's worse than the next one. Yeah, but it's because you overcame the last one. We go from faith to faith, from glory, glory to glory. glory. Yeah. Well, you know, there's, there's no glory if there's no challenge. Amen. I mean, this is a, an amazing statement from St. Augustine. Faith is, to believe, in what you faith do is to believe what you do not see. You've you got to possess it. You have it. You know it. Mm -hmm. Nobody could have talked me out of this. 
26, 28 years ago when I went to Bible school. Uh, we had a friend of ours, a friend that we made out there in Tulsa. We had children around the same age. And we would go, you know, they'd come to our house for dinner sometimes. We'd go to their house for dinner. And every time we, we would be together, with this, this guy would send me, so what do you think God has for you? Now, the first time, the second time, it was cute. Mm -hmm. But the third or fourth time, I said, how many times am I going to tell you? Because you weren't changing your answer. No, I wasn't changing. What would I change my answer? It's like when Moses got to the Red Sea, God said to him, what are you looking at me for? I told you what to do. <laughs> I told you what to do. Take these people across. So I would say to him, I told you the last couple of times, I'm going back to New Jersey, and we're going to start a church in the town that we came from. Six weeks later, we'd be back to, so what do you think God has for you? And I'm like, this guy's really starting to get to me now, you know? Did he ever check in once you started the church? To find oh, out? yeah, they came out here when we first started the church. Oh, that's awesome. They saw it. I, I haven't been in touch with them for years. They would have probably fall over if they seen what God did now, yeah. you know? Um, but literally, the manifestation of this ministry is exactly what we're talking about. It was faith. Amen. It was faith. And, and you, can't say, you, you can't even take credit for it except for cooperating with God. Because he, his grace empowers you to believe, but then your faith empowers you to receive. Oh, some, somebody better write that one yeah, down. That somebody better write that. His grace empowers you to believe, because we can't think that we come up with this on our own. Mm -hmm. Remember, he gave to each one the seed of faith. It comes from him. It comes from him. And how did I say that? Grace empowers us to believe. But it's our faith. But it's our faith that receive. empowers us to receive what grace provides, mm -hmm. whether it's salvation or anything else. And, so, and again, salvation includes so much more than just not going to hell. Amen. Amen. Salvation is, is, is Jesus undoing everything that Adam lost on the earth. Amen. Complete the restoration. Abundance, the abundant life. The abundant life restoration of everything. Just you name it if, the, if it, if we lost it because of Adam's fall, Jesus came to restore it. Amen. Everything, relationships, uh, health, um, uh, peace of mind, purpose in life. Uh, all those things were robbed when Adam and Eve fell, when they believed the lies of the enemy. It's like everything went on hold. Mm -hmm. It's like God said, okay, push the hold button because we can't really go any forward until we settle this issue. Right. Okay. So all this time, we're on hold. Mm -hmm. So imagine what happens when Jesus returns. Everything is dealt with completely what Adam lost. Like right now, we walk in partial restoration. Like, so we live in a fallen world. So we live in a fallen world. The planet still has thorns. It still has bugs and disease and all this other kind of stuff that was never meant to be part of the original fall. So imagine what life is going to be like in the kingdom of God when Jesus comes and pushes the pause button, and now everything goes back to returning the way it is. It goes back to the way it was. Yeah. yeah we, we haven't seen anything. Nothing. I, I would imagine for the first couple of million years, we're going to walk around heaven with our mouth open. <laughs> yeah, but I, we could see a lot of that on earth today. Oh, yes. We yeah. don't have to wait till then. Right. We could use our faith to see. We use our faith to pull in from the spirit realm, the realm of the spirit, into the natural, what we're promised. What we're promised. We can't go beyond the promises that are revealed to us now. Mm -hmm. Okay? Which is why hearing the word is so important. Because right. Because we don't have faith in what's Yeah, we word. would have no idea of our personal redemption if we didn't study the word of God. Right. 
That's personal redemption, okay? But now the world has to be redeemed too. Because the world, as some people go and they go, well, I went to this place and the scenery is beautiful. The, world, the earth is a dump <laughs> compared to what it's supposed to be. And we, we go to Niagara Falls and go, oh, look at how beautiful. Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon, oh my God, how spectacular. We go see scenery, you go to South, you know, South Pacific, beautiful lines. It's a dump compared to what it was in the original creation. Yeah. Imagine how beautiful it's going to be in the future. Imagine the resources that are going to be available. And, and, and we never die after that. That's going to be the best part. That's the best part. No sickness, no disease. No sickness, no disease, no, pain, no, no depression, crying. no crying, no more regrets, no more anything. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. But while we're here on earth. We got to use our faith. And we've been given faith. We've been given the force we need on the inside to overcome every obstacle that we face now living on this fallen planet with fallen people in a fallen system. The system is contrary to God's kingdom. Absolutely. And you always talk about God's economy yeah. versus the economy of this world. And when we are born again, we enter into a new kingdom. That, into a new kingdom. That kingdom operates by faith, believing something before you see it, and living as if it were true. Why is that so spectacular? Because God wants us to trust him. No matter what we go, we walk around this earth and everything is horrible. Our society deserves to be destroyed. Uh, everything's falling apart. You know, in this, especially in this scenario right now, mm -hmm. he wants us to depend on him and trust in him. Amen. And yet, we see the humanistic society that we live in puts the emphasis on us. I'm a great person. I can do this and I can do that. I'm smart. I'm intellectual. I can do... Yeah. Without him, we're nothing. We're nothing. And, and that's why even when a born-again Christian, a person who's received Christ, full of the Holy Ghost, talking in tongues and everything else, yet if they don't operate in faith, they really don't experience the kingdom of God here on the earth. Amen. So you can be going to heaven, your spirit's going to go to heaven, but you can live in hell in your soul and in your physical body because you refuse to believe God. Yeah, and the other thing I keep thinking as we, as we go further into this outline is something you had said. I think you did a teaching on it. Um, based on the scripture, take no thought saying. Right? We can't necessarily control the thoughts that we have, but we certainly control the things that we say. Absolutely. Because our words are seed. Right. right. And how many times and you our words, And our words frame our world. Our words world. are powerful. They frame our world. And the, our words, the first individual they affect is us. Mm -hmm. uh, I should put it this way. The first individual that reaps the consequences of words is the speaker. And so it's the speaker that needs to reverse words that were spoken. For instance, how many times have you heard people say, my family's always been poor, yeah. my grandparents were poor, my parents were poor, I'm going to be poor too. Or some, some kind of... Or my parents, my grandparents had the heart disease, yep. my parents had heart disease. I'm going to, you better shut up. I'm probably going to die when I'm 45. Right, my father friend. died at yep. 50 years old, I'm probably going to, I'm already 51, so any day now. And it's not funny because... It, and it's not... No, it's not funny because people don't realize you are speaking your destiny. So if you've been that type of person, you know, I had a relative that always, if I didn't have bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. And then they wonder why everything falls apart. You have, and the devil loves people to talk like that because he understands the power of words. He does. Well, what did he, what did he convince Adam and Eve with? 
with a lie. Words. Yeah, with a lie. He knows how powerful that and is. And he knows scripture. And he knows exactly. To, well, and he knows how to pervert the scripture. Right. So if we don't know the scripture ourselves, we could be deceived because we don't know, we don't know what the scripture right. is. Right. That's why we have got to be students of the word. We have got to know the promises of God. Because these words are just any of these things, any of these words, the promises of God, scripture, they're just ink on a page until faith hits them. They're just ink on a page. That's all they are. Until we speak them in faith. Right, because I'm sure I'm not the only person here who picked up a Bible before I had a relationship with Jesus. I'm like, I can't even read this. I, I, I literally what does it mean? You couldn't put two and two words together. Yeah, you just, it didn't make any sense. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, your spirit becomes alive unto God, and you're like, oh my goodness. The, well, how do we get saved? By confessing what we believe I in I speak heart. with my mouth what I believe in my heart. Heart. I don't know why people are, are okay with that idea. You know, this past weekend, we had over 100 people come forth through all the five services over the weekend. Over 100 people came forth to receive Christ or to rededicate their lives. How did they do that? They had to use words. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that God raised him from the dead. Uh, I believe that he died in the course of my sins. When you declare your faith in Jesus Christ, the, the, the the thing you did in faith, now the substance comes to life right. and you receive salvation. Amen. Salvation becomes a reality to you. Mm -hmm. You do it with words. You can't teach on faith and not teach on words. And there's something about hearing yourself saved. Absolutely. Yep. There really is. Mm -hmm. it's, it, you can hear it from a pastor. You can hear it from your friend. And it's not that it, it has no meaning. But when you hear yourself read the word of God and you hear yourself save the word of God, yeah. there's something about your ears hearing your own mouth. Absolutely, 100%. I think God designed us that way so that we would be, build faith in ourselves, especially like not only even, even speaking the word of God. I remember years ago, there was a group of us, I'm talking 30 years ago, a uh, group of people, some couples, some singles from the church I was in. Every once in a while, we'd get together, have a cup of coffee or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I would notice that as we would sit there and we, we didn't spend time talking about the latest Netflix series, you know, binge that you're going to binge. We didn't spend time worrying about the weather, worrying about the economy. We talked about the things that God was doing in our lives. Amen. And the anointing would come and just the presence of God you would feel in that room would just be incredible. Same thing even with my family members. We would sit around and talk about what God was doing and you would sense the anointing. In fact, one of my brother-in-laws, uh, he would start sweating like crazy. Sweating. Because and and we knew, okay, Louis sweating, so the, the Holy Spirit's here. He was your, he was your gauge. Your he was our gauge. Right we there. knew that the Holy Ghost presence was coming because he started going. <sighs> it's, it's just what it is. Why? Because you're speaking about what God is doing. And that's part of the meditating on God's word. That's right? meditating on God's word, but it's also reminding yourselves and stirring each other up in the track record that God established in your life. Mm -hmm. You'll see sometimes, even amongst our staff, we'll be sometimes, we'll be together having lunch and we'll start talking about, you know, when the church first started and things that, you know, what happens? Now, all of a sudden, you start triggering all these things and this person says, yeah, this is what God did here and another person said something. It's important yeah. that we talk about the things of God. Yeah, and like a really good example of that is like you guys would talk about things that happened years ago, years ago, and then you'll be in a service and if you've heard those stories, and then you see them happen. You start the seeing them happen again. You're like, oh, oh, 
This is what they were talking and about. And it builds your faith even more because it's more than just words or just stories. It's, right. it's becoming real to you. Right. But if you never heard those stories, right. then you, your faith wouldn't be being built up. Well, that's why that's the scriptures tell us that's why God chose Abram. He said, I chose Abram because I know he will teach his children after him. What were they doing? They're sitting around campfires, sitting in their tents, sitting around, you know, eating lamb or whatever it is. And what would they talk about? How God so spoke to Abram, how Abram left over the Chaldees, how they got stuck in Haran and, you know, they made a mistake. They should have kept going, but they stayed there. And then this person died while they were in Haran. But then finally they left Haran and went to Canaan land and how God took care of him and how he messed up when he went to Egypt and told the Pharaoh that this is my sister, not my wife. You know, of course, they would have sat around talking about those things. Well, who's listening? Isaac? Jacob? I was thinking about the, I was thinking in my mind as you were talking about how Joshua knew the voice of God because sitting in the tent. Because, yeah. because he was in the presence. Because he didn't go, I know they didn't have Netflix then, but he didn't go on the internet or go, go hang right. out by himself. Well, he didn't He's, even go out and say, well, let me go count my flocks to see how good I'm doing. He stayed close. He stayed close to God. So when Moses would go in, the ta in that tent, in that tabernacle, and you remember, we talked about this recently, mm -hmm. that God spoke to Moses face to face like a man with his friend, yeah. ponim to ponim. Yeah, that was okay? two weekends ago. Yeah. Um, or Wednesday. Now, Moses is hearing the audible voice of God, but who else is there? Joshua. 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 Joshua was getting equipped just hanging around with Moses and, and off of Moses' experiences. And then later on when Moses is gone in, jo in Joshua chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, when they're getting ready to attack Jericho, there's this, this person that shows up on the scene. Are you friend or are you foe? And Joshua says to him, are you, a f are you for us or against us? And, and as soon as that person opened his mouth, Joshua face plants. Why? Because he didn't recognize what he saw, who he saw. He recognized who he heard. And he realized who this was. This was the voice of the one that I heard in the tabernacle in the tent. Man, it's so, it's so important to stay close to God. And stay close to somebody who has that relationship with God. That's how we learn. It's, not, it's, it's, it's a lot easier to tag along with somebody or stay side by side with somebody exactly. who needs to go out. Exactly. Own. Yeah. Amen. Definitely. So 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. After that scripture, let's see if there's any questions or anything. Well, you want to stop first and, and ask? All right. Does anybody have any questions or anything you want to, any observations, any, anything? Okay. All right. We're going to build our, we're going to build our faith. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. He who, who, sorry guys, who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the son of God. So look at this. When a person receives salvation, if they never went any further, they already have the ability to overcome. This isn't says. saying the person that got saved and then after 10 years of studying the Bible. Mm -hmm. This says, who is it the person that overcomes? He who believes in Jesus is the Son of God. So in sal as soon as we receive salvation, we're equipped to overcome. overcome the world. Exactly. The world, the temptations, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. We're already equipped. And it says that this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Exactly. And if we're already equipped, then we have our, then we have. Right. But if we don't, if we don't get to 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 and never read that, we can go through our whole life thinking, well, someday I'll be good enough. Someday I'll have enough word in me. Someday I'll have enough faith. No, he says here, at the point of salvation, 
we become overcomers. Amen. Somebody should have shouted right there. <laughs> That's good news. That, really, that, especially in the world we live in today. I mean, I'm not 100 years old, but it's worse now than it's ever been for, my, for me in my life. Crazy. Yeah. And we need something to believe. No, no, we need to be overcomers. And how do we overcome? By faith. Where does the faith start? When we believe in the Son, Jesus is the really, Son of God. I'm trying really hard not to talk about I know. Yeah. Let's not talk about okay. it. Faith is the That's a couple of weeks from now. Yeah, and I'm trying really hard. Faith is defined as a firm persuasion, a conviction based on what was heard. Say that again. Faith. This is the sentence right below 1 John 5, 4. Faith is defined as a firm persuasion, a conviction based on what was heard. Did you get that? Yeah. Now watch, that principle doesn't only work in the things of Christianity and in the Word of God. There are people that put their faith in something that's preposterous, ridiculous, because they believe what they heard. Right. You have, you have, you have all these different sects of people who have taken the principles of the Word of God and, and, and called it something else. Right. It's the, the universe. You're going yeah. to manifest the yeah, universe. Yeah, the universe. The universe right. All speaking, of a sudden, now the universe has a voice. Or speak positive, positive right. thoughts, positive... Right. They're, they're principles in the Word of God, but right. they, they've, they've created a different Yeah, but you can get even more ridiculous. I mean, there are people that believe the most stupid things that, that you and I would say, how, would you, how, could you, how do you even walk out of the house? But because they attach their faith to that you don't have thing. The exactly. No, but there's people that choose to believe something that's ridiculous because they chose to believe it. Yeah. That doesn't mean it's going to come to pass, but they chose. It was a firm persuasion. Okay? Perfect example. A couple of years before I, I got born again, I got very heavily involved in the occult. Very heavily, very heavily involved in parapsychology. Mm -hmm. um, very heavily involved in a lot of what now I know was demonic and witchcraft and things of that nature. But I was convinced that it was God. I was convinced it was God. You didn't know any better. I didn't know any better. I was going to psychics and they had pictures of Mary and Jesus and cross crucifixes and all this other stuff. I went, wow, I'm safe here. And I was firmly persuaded, firmly persuaded that this was a method of reaching God mm -hmm. outside of the Bible. And I think the other thing that's important, and I know you've said this before, is that you were seeking truth. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was very sincere. So you, were, you, weren't just, you weren't just doing it for the sake of doing it. Like you were seeking. Absolutely. So we have people in our lives who are seeking the truth. They're seeking something. And it's incumbent on us to, to deliver that truth. Yeah, but I found this also throughout these years that I've been born again. When a person is a, is a seeker of truth, God eventually brings them to where they need to be. Amen. God, because he knows the heart is sincere. They're sincere. I was sincerely seeking God. And because of what I was raised in, uh, you know, and this is not meant to offend anybody, because I was raised in Catholicism and I saw the, the weaknesses and saw the flaws and saw, like, something's wrong here. So it caused me to go in the opposite direction. So when I came in contact with all these philosophies, I was convinced, firmly persuaded, that this was another path to God. I got you. But the more I pursued that, having been firmly persuaded, the darker my personality got. Right. See, because you will manifest what you put your faith in. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You ever see people that start put their faith in? I don't need God. I have money. Yeah. What happens? 
Money's never enough now. It's never enough. Your relationships start. You to start go getting down. greedy. You don't care about people anymore. You'll 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 take advantage and rob and steal and from anybody that that's around you. And it's the reverse of what we're told in Proverbs, right? Because we're told in Proverbs, when God make, makes the blessing rich, of the Lord makes blesses, you rich. Blesses us. There's no sorrow added. No to sorrow. It. I had nothing but sorrow. But without God, you right. can have a whole bunch of stuff. Right. With a whole bunch of sorrow. So the more I put my faith in that and started to pursue those things. Okay, the darker my personality got, the deeper my sin got, the more degenerate my personality became. It was, it was terrible. And without God, it's really... Thank God that he broke into that darkness. But enter, I was a seeker of truth. You were. I wasn't doing it to try to get power so I can control your life. or you know, I, I was sincerely seeking God. And I think it's because you were seeking truth that God was able to, to, to come in and, and, and allow you to feel remorse. Because I think without God, it's almost impossible to feel remorse. Oh, there's no such... You, a Without person that's not born again, there's impossible to experience remorse. They'll experience consequences, right, consequences. but not remorse. Regret, they'll experience regret, Absolutely. but not true remorse. Right, because your spirit's not alive. Before you're born again, your spirit's dead. How are you going to experience remorse? I don't, I don't know how. You don't care. You might say you're sorry because you got caught. <laughs> yeah. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. You get caught, so now you're sorry because you got caught. Remorse is when you're sorry and nobody knows what you did, except God. Yeah. How do we get on that one? Talking about seeking truth, talking about. Yeah. So we're gonna. So now we're gonna talk about in the next paragraph. It says, "When God says." So when God says, "The just shall live by faith," He is saying, "My people need to live by their convictions, their persuasions, their faith." In other words. We need to live by the belief system we've developed based on what God has revealed to us in his word. That's important. Yeah, because your convictions can be all over the place. Your convictions can be all over the place because they're based on the wrong information. My convictions, I mean, uh, I was trying to persuade my wife to move to Virginia Beach so I could study at an institute there that was founded by followers of a guy named Edgar Cayce, who was demon-possessed. But I didn't realize that. So my conviction is that I need to follow after this and go after this. Thank God he intervened and put people in my life that got me born again and, you know, revealed the gospel to me and helped me because that turned the whole course of our, our lives right. completely different. But then, you see, what happens is, see, what he just read here, in other words, we need to live by the belief system we've developed. Now, if you stop right there, Anything goes. Because you'll hear people say, well, the way I see things. Well, who cares what the way you see things? I'm not trying to be rude, but who cares the way you see things? You know, somebody would have had complete 100% right to say to me when I was back in that darkness, who cares what you believe? Because it's not based on truth. Right. Anybody could, well, my belief system is. What difference is your belief system? If it's not based on the word of God, it's not based on truth, then it has, there's no anchor. Right. Because so you notice what happens is, and this, I saw this in my life. You go from belief system to belief system to belief system because every time you hear something else, you go, oh, that sounds better. I want to believe in that now. Well, yeah, and I think that's what we're seeing now in the world, right? It's, if you don't believe in absolute truth, which is the word of God, then you, then you can live in this system where my truth matters. Yeah, so you make your own religion. But then tomorrow my truth can be completely different because... There's only one problem. Your religion is not based on truth. Right. Jesus said, I am the truth the way, and the light. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. That's it. Well, the way I say it. doesn't matter how you say it. 
the word of God tells us. Absolutely. Amen. It's absolute truth. Absolute truth. And more, there's, every, anybody that ends up in hell ends up in hell because they, they developed a belief system contrary to what this says. So the second half of, of this statement is the, is the, I don't want to say the more important, but it's the qualifier for the first half, right? Because you're saying my people, my people need to live by their convictions, their persuasions, their faith. But those convictions, right, persuasions, right, faith, look at the next, work. but look at the next phrase here. In other words, the next sentence here. In other words, we need to live by the belief system we developed based on what God has revealed to us in his word. In his word. Not based on what this person said or that person said or this latest philosophy or the latest uh, reel on, uh, on online or little video and stuff. Or even, or even another preacher somewhere. Like, yeah, if they're, if they're not... You need, to, you, need to, you need to go to the word based on something you've Oh, my gosh, there. yeah. Definitely. It's not just... That's why we need... If, when we don't know that, we can fall for anything. Amen. Even under the guise of Christianity. Even, hey, hey, listen. For, for hundreds of years... Man's tradition taught Christians that God wants you to be sick, poor, depressed, mm -hmm. just, just, just barely surviving. Where do you find that in the Word? You don't. But they got a, how did they get away with it? Because the people didn't know the Word. They didn't read it. How did, how, did, how, did, how did the Dark Ages get... I don't want to go into a history lesson. How did the Dark Ages get established in Europe? Because the Word of God got taken away from the people. And they tried to keep the And the churches alone. began to teach man-made traditions that were totally contrary to what the Word of God says. Mm -hmm. And that went on until a little monk decided that he was going to get courageous enough to confront the whole system. Amen. And Martin Luther was the one that overturned everything. And if it wasn't for him, I don't know that we'd be sitting here today. Mm -hmm. Because he was courageous this. enough to say, what is going on here? Everything that you guys have developed over the past seven, 800 years is completely contrary to the Word of God. Okay? He had faith in the Word. And so he said, only faith. That's all what gets us into heaven. And you and I know, we both came out of that same system. Mm -hmm. That system is teaching works, 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 works. Now it's do justice, be nice to people, do all kinds of things for society, because that makes us feel good. And, that, and I mean, I don't want to get into all that, but that was the most frustrating part of being in that system. That system. Is that I kept getting told that I'm a terrible person, and I'm like, I God didn't this, love you. I have this God who's not going to help me change. Like, yeah. what kind of God? What kind of God do I have that's going to? You're not going to get any argument from me. No, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like you're telling me that like, I'm such a bad person that I, like, I have to go to confession every Friday. And I'm like, I can't change myself. And you're telling me that I'm just SOL until... Well, it's the same thing in the Old Testament. You just keep bringing sacrifices and sacrifices and sacrifices and sacrifices. And that sacrifice, the blood of that sacrifice could cover you for one year, but it never changed your heart. And then all of a sudden... Nobody left the temple after sacrificing an animal and got born again. They never received a new nature. All they did was cover the sins. And then you wake up one day and you realize that it didn't stop at the cross, that he resurrected and the Holy Spirit came to earth. And you have this power. Right. But how do we receive that? Salvation. By faith. But if you don't even know that, like you can, you can, you can in, in theory, believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior. Right. 
but not know that something happened after right. the cross. You exactly. Stuck, not experience resurrection. Not experience resurrection and power. That resurrection power is real. And right. It's real today. Right. And that's the power, right? That's right. the that's the power. That's the faith that we have yeah. to access that grace. Yeah, definitely. The person that only has the cross experience, and I'm not diminishing that. Please don't. You have to go on to the tomb. That's where the resurrection is. That's where the firstborn of the dead, okay? That's where we receive our born-again experience, is putting faith in not only that Jesus died for our sins, but that God raised him from the dead. Amen? Amen. Any questions? Any anything? Come on, we covered a lot of stuff here today. Because you know what's going to happen? After service, you're going to want to come up to us and go, I have a question. <laughs> or you're going to get a Facebook message. So, like, real quick, we're talking about faith. Um, is there a direct correlation between God's blessing and the action taken by faith? Because, like, obviously, James says faith without works is dead. So the more action you take in faith, is there more of a blessing behind it? Well, yeah, let's go back to the very basic foundation of uh, truth of that. How do we get born again? Right, faith. You have to by faith. But, but faith in what? Right. Faith in that who the Bible says Jesus is, he actually is. And that when we confess him, what does confess mean? To say, to, say, to say the same as. When we say the same as what Jesus said about himself, what the Holy Spirit revealed to us about Jesus and what he accomplished, that's when the manifestation, the result comes of that blessing. Right. You see what I'm saying? Correct. I, I don't know of any blessing in the scriptures that's not conditional upon us believing it. Correct. So the action taken, though, would have to be in direct. Faith and grace work together. Right. I don't know if that'll help you. God provides the grace. We release the faith. Right. Okay? Every person that's ever existed on this planet could, have be, could be born again, could be saved, mm -hmm. because that grace is hovering over each one of our lives. But it's not until we release faith, the action there, do we access that grace? Because Jesus died for you and for me and for all of us 2,000 years ago once for everyone, for all time. So theoretically speaking, every, every person should be able to access salvation because Jesus already did that thing. But until we release our faith that that's actually what happened, that grace that he purchased for every individual on the planet cannot manifest for that person. Does that, did I help you or did I confuse you? My, my question is more like a, like a Doubting Thomas type of sit, like scenario to where he needed to see it first, but then he was telling, Jesus said that they were more blessed for the people that believe. Who don't see. Who don't see. There you go. You know who he was talking about, right? Me. Us. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for Thomas to believe it was that Jesus is right there in front of him. Yeah, you can see it. He says, and did it something, he quoted Thomas. Here, put your finger. Yeah. He said, now, do you believe now? And he goes, what does Thomas say? My Lord and my God. So he believes, mm -hmm. okay? But then Jesus goes, it's wonderful that you believe because everybody else in this room at that time believed before they saw. Right. You remember the disciples that believed that he rose from the dead? Right, because didn't Mary go, Mary go tell them? Yeah. And they were like, yeah, right, she's drinking again. There he comes through the wall. <laughs> and here he comes. Did that help? Yeah. 
Anybody else? I think the next, the next two paragraphs kind of touch on that. Um, so the, starting with when the Bible says on the bottom of page three, I'm going to read through to the end of the uh, page. So it says, when the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me, then if I am living by my convictions, I should never let anything I'm challenged with intimidate me. Intimidation is not living by what I claim or my convictions. A persuasion or a conviction can only be achieved when evidence is given in order to convince a person of truth. And then in Romans 10, 17, it tells us, so it makes sense now, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God expects his people to possess faith. Why? Because he has every blessing and provision stored up for us in the realm in which he lives in, the realm of the spirit. These are referred to as God's grace, but they can only be accessed by faith. Amen. That, that sums it all up. Yeah. But see, the devil's done a great job kind of like fooling the church because you'll have people that say, well, I only believe in grace. And then you have other people say, no, it's faith. No, it's both. You can have all the grace that God possesses hanging over your life, but if you have no faith, you'll never be aware. And you'll never access it. You'll never access it. Mm-hmm. And that's why so many Christians live such an inferior life on the earth and, and think they're doing God a favor. When he expects us, Jesus died for these promises. Right. He suffered a horrible death so that you and I could go to a promise in the word and say, I believe that. Amen. I believe that. And normally when you talk about stuff like this, people always think you're talking about money or material. No, no, no. If I need peace of mind, I could have $12 million in the bank. Mm-hmm. But if I don't have any peace of mind, if my soul is tormented constantly, what does that have to do with anything? I now have to come to the place to believe that as my Savior, he's also my Prince of Peace. Amen. He's also my glory and the lifter of my head. Amen. He's also the one that's going to bring me to a place, according to Ephesians 2.10, where I step into the purpose for which I was created. And which he called you. Which he called us and has works for us to do that he put in motion before the foundation of the earth. I never step into that promise if I'm not going to have faith in who he is. Because you'll never attempt it. You'll never, you'll, you won't. You could have all that purpose hanging over your head. And not only that, but all the provision to bring it to pass. But if you never come to the place of putting your trust in him, that he'll take you step by step into what he has planned for you. Number one, you'll never experience any fulfillment or contentment. Mm-hmm. Most people that live frustrated lives, they're living frustrated because they never stepped into the purpose of God for them. Right. And you can live and die your whole life, and never step into the purpose of God. Still going to heaven. And so, still going to heaven. Mm-hmm. Still going to heaven. But, you know, you're going to stand in front of that, that Bema seat, that reward place, mm-hmm. and Jesus is going to go, I had all this for you to accomplish, and here's all the provision, and I had raised up all these people to help you accomplish this, and I had doors of opportunity open for you, but you never believed any of it. Come in, I got to let you in because you confessed me as your Lord and Savior. Right. But I don't see any crowns here. I don't see any rewards here. I mean, thank God we get in. Right. But. So, so then if you've read this book or someone, or you've sat under teaching long enough, so you've heard it, right? What would stop somebody from, from their faith is built up, but what would stop somebody from actually, as, as it was asked, taking the step based on that faith? 
a lack of trust. You can't say it's ignorance because if you study it under some and you study the word and study the word and study the word, there's no ignorance. The ignorance is not being stupid. Ignorance is a lack of knowledge. Right. So you're well, not if you're, you're, you're not, not ignorant, you're aware, you're just choosing not to believe. So at some point, let's just say you and I work together. We do, but let's just say you and I work together. <laughs> and at some point, there's going to come a time where I may have to do something and not be able to hold your hand through it. And that's where I have to, where I have to. Who's holding whose hand? I'm holding yours because you're, 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 you're taking okay. me with you. Okay. But at some point there may come a time where I may need to, I may need to let go and, and yeah. whether, you, whether I do it myself or you intentionally say, you got to. It's time. It's time. Yeah. And you could have all the faith Are in you the trying world. to tell me something? No. <laughs> no. Okay. In front of us. In front of us. No, I'm just thinking about this idea that yeah, if, I understand what if you're you don't, if, if you can have all the faith in the world, but it's, that really hit me, the, the intimidated part. What? That really, that really struck me when I read yeah. it. Like, yeah. Because you can have faith and, and still like, in that split second, that intimidation come on you, yeah. and, you'll, and you'll cower away from the thing. Well, what did he say to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1? When Moses, Moses, my servant's dead. What did Josh, Joshua didn't know afraid. that? Joshua didn't know that Moses was dead? He saw everything, and he said he had seen everything. In other words... That. You have no hand to hold on to now. Now it's me and you. Mm -hmm. Fear not. Be, be, courageous. be courageous only. Mm -hmm. Because you're the one that's now going to bring these people into there. And he says it again. He said it a few times, right? Right. Yeah. Well, every time an angel shows up on the scene, what's the first? Fear not. Every time God speaks, fear not. What, what, so what stops us from stepping into purpose? Fear. 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 We don't want to trust him. We're afraid. What if I make a mistake? What if I say the wrong thing? What if I, uh, I, I, what if, what if what I'm saying? I went through that when I was in Bible school. Almost caused me to quit and come back to New Jersey in between first year and second year. I'm like, during that summer, I'm like, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? I, I got kids to raise. I got a future. Maybe this whole thing, I just made it up in my mind. And, you know, God let me walk through that. And I believe he let me walk through that so I would seal it once and for all. And you've heard me tell the story. But the, when we, the first couple of days when we went to Bible school again for second year, uh, they do a series of uh, meetings just for the students. And back then, at that time, there was probably two or 3,000 students uh, in the room because you had first year, second year students in the same room. Mm -hmm. So they would do like a pep rally thing to get everybody pumped up for the coming year. And I'm in a row, my wife's next to me, and I'm with my head down beneath the pew crying it's like I, I can't I don't know that I can do this Lord I don't know that I can do this like maybe I made this whole thing up I'm going to shipwreck my family it's going to take us years to because don't forget I had gone into bankruptcy years before when you go into bankruptcy you, you don't want to make another mistake right. so I'm like maybe I just need to go back to New Jersey and all this other kind of stuff and man I get all choked up and the woman that was doing the meeting that day which was uh Pastor Hagen's wife, brother Kenneth Hagen's daughter-in-law, she stops the teaching and yells. Now, this auditorium fit 8,000 people. Joe, I am that I am has called you. I was done then. <laughs> and I just ran down to the front. Cap, you remember this? <laughs> Joe, I am that I am has called you. I was done. Now, there was somebody else in the auditorium named Mary that must have been going through the same thing because then she goes, Mary, I am that I am. I don't know who she was because I didn't look around. But that sealed it for me. I never looked back after that moment. I had let the picture slip. 
I started looking at the natural things. In fact, here I am uh, at that point, uh, 40 years old, and I'm making yeah. $5.75 an hour. Right. And I'm trying to send my kids to private school and everything else. And God provided all along. But, you know, sometimes the circumstance gets overwhelming. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Just a couple of people. Thank God he doesn't let go of you at that point. So I had to draw back. I had to draw from the track record that he had done in my life and in the life of my family up until that point. But after that, I never looked back. Thank God you didn't, because we're, we're here. No, I'm, I'm having a great time. Thank God I didn't. I've never had so much fun in my life. Seriously, people say, my God, you, you know, you put so many hours and it's so tough. And I'm having fun. What are you kidding me? See, because when you step into what you were born for, it's not work. It's not work. That's, that's a word for somebody. When you step into what you were born for, it's not work. You're, you're just walking out your purpose. The provision's always going to be there. The anointing will always be there. The inspiration will always be there. It doesn't mean you're not going to go through things, but he's got you. He's got you. Could you guys, can you, Dennis, can you go, Jay, show them how to go uh, Hebrews 13.5 in the Amplified Version. And then we'll stop for tonight. We did good. We, got we did good. We, yeah, we, got good. we got a good amount done. So one more, one more time and then we'll be yeah. done with this outline. Hebrews 13.5 Amplified. I think it's a classic Amplified Version. He, it's only in the Amplified. Don't read it in any other version because it doesn't read the same. Because the Amplified Bible, you know what it does to the Word of God? It amplifies it. Yeah, this is it. So, so here we are in May, uh, March, excuse me, March of 1997. We, we graduated in 97, right? Okay. So March of 97... All of our financial support that we were receiving from a business that I sold here in Brick, they stopped sending me my money. I got a wife and four kids to take care of. And we were used to going every Thursday to the ATM machine and pulling our money out. We told them, don't send checks. Just go to the bank, put it in this account. We'll go on every Thursday and pull our money out. We go there on a Thursday. (laughs) Nothing's coming out. I'm doing the numbers. I'm, maybe we got this wrong. Did it about five or six times. Nothing's coming out. You know why nothing came out? Because so nothing, nothing went in. <laughs> so then I find out that the person that we sold the business to, that we were holding the mortgage on, decides he doesn't want the business anymore. So now, you, how do I feed a family and go for on $5.75? Right. And, that, and that was part-time. I was only working about 15 hours a week because of the school load and mm-hmm. kids having to go to basketball games and everything else. You know, life goes on. So I go to class one day, and uh, I had already said to my wife uh, that morning before we got to class, and I had a briefcase, you know, because I thought it was a big shot, yeah. had a briefcase, <laughs> when I went to school. Did you have one too? <laughs> no. I'm talking to Pastor Kat because we both went to Bible school together, same classes and everything. So this one morning I said to my wife, I know what's going on here. This is the devil, mm-hmm. okay, to stop us and discourage us. 
So I said to my wife, and this is exactly how I said it. I said, Barb, if we have to sell our underwear to finish school, You're gonna finish. We'll finish. we're finishing school. I opened up my briefcase, and to this day, I swear to you before God, I don't know where this came from. Do you ever see the little Gideon Bibles? Yeah, the little, yeah, yeah. An amplified version? No. No. I, in my briefcase is an amplified version of the Gideon, the tiny little Bible. And as I open it up, where does it go to? Hebrews 13, 5. And this is what I read. Let your character or moral disposition be free from the love of money, free from the love of money, including greed, avarice, lust, and craving for earthly possessions, and be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. For God himself has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. That, that's all I needed to hear. Was that I wasn't going to get left without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down, nor relax my hold on you, assuredly not. Now, we're told that in Koinonia Greek, okay, you would know this better than anybody, okay, that a triple, when, when God said, I will not, I will not, I will not, it means it is impossible, absolutely impossible for this not to happen. It's an emphatic. In other words, there's no way possible that I will not bring this to pass in your life. And as I turned to my wife, she was sitting next to me and went, that's it, we're done. Let's, let's concentrate on school now. Mm -hmm. We're finishing Bible school and we're going to go back to New Jersey and start this church. Because of that verse. Right. Now, there was nothing in the natural to confirm that. But then all of a sudden, we start getting checks from people in New Jersey that didn't know what was going on. Oh, that's so cool. All of a sudden, I go to work at, grocery, at the supermarket where I was working and my, our manager, because both my wife and I worked, worked in the same department, mm -hmm. our manager comes up and and says, uh, um, we want to, I want to pay your tuition for this month. Your tuition or your kid's tuition? No, my tuition. Oh, your tuition. Okay. Had another guy give us money. Another person. Stuff started, it just started happening. And you weren't, there was no Facebook to, to tell everybody. No, there was no Facebook in. to go put a GoFundMe page. <laughs> you know. I saw a pair of slippers that I want to buy. Can you go fund me and support this? Don't, don't get me started with GoFundMe pages. You couldn't, text, you couldn't text your family and drop them hints about what's going right, on. Right, you couldn't, yeah. You were, yeah. You were trusting God. It had had to be, a if, joke, but it's serious, It's right? very serious. Yeah. We knew that anything that was coming towards us was the Holy Ghost inspiring people on our behalf. Amen. And we finished school. And we came, and obviously we started the church. So, and how did we do it? Now, I don't say this bragging because the, only, the faith that we have doesn't come from us. Mm -hmm. It comes from God. But he can give you all the faith in the world, but if you never act on it, right. you know, I got a set of weights in my basement. Yeah. It's very evident that I'm not <laughs> acting on it. <laughs> and they're nice ones. Yeah. And got a treadmill right next to it. Mm -hmm. Now, I possess those things. But I don't have any evidence right. that I'm engaging in those things. <laughs> Can I get an amen? amen? This was good tonight, wasn't it? Yes. Last chance for a question. You want to show your weights? <laughs> no. I already did that and then went out and bought new ones. <laughs> I think you got one over there, Pastor. I think there's a question over there. Go ahead. You had mentioned earlier 
I'm sorry, start again, Helen, I can't hear you. Um, you had mentioned earlier that when you opened the Bible, it was sort of like it, it just, it didn't read to you, like it didn't resonate, it didn't sit. Um, so You're addressing him. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I so I guess for me, my question is, is like, how did you start that journey in terms of reading the Bible? Because I feel like that's where I struggle in terms of reading the Bible. And I've heard all these great, sorry, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> I've heard all these great stories of people feeling like the Bible reads back to them. And I just haven't had that experience. So I guess I wonder what your journey was. Also, I'm just an emotional person, so excuse no, me. That's okay. <laughs> no, no, there's a difference between being emotional and having a heart that's sensitive towards God. And that's what you have. So, before he answers it, will you promise that before you leave tonight, you come up here so you can get prayed for? Okay? You promise? Okay. <laughs> you want me to answer? You got me. No, no. You can't, but just... I was really blessed, because I found this church right away. And I was able to be even more blessed to have this man as my pastor and to be hired here to work here. Amen. And in a very real sense, I was able to read this word and then watch him live it out. And I'm not suggesting that, um, I'm not suggesting that everybody has that exact opportunity, but we can all find somebody in our life that we can look up to. Amen. Somebody that we can come alongside and allow them to walk, somebody who's been somewhere we haven't been before. Somebody who's lived some of this stuff that would intimidate us. And we can walk alongside them, but we still have to get in this book ourselves. Well, and yeah, then allow them to. Yeah, but back up, though. Back up. That's wonderful what you said, and it's absolutely true. But it started way before you came here, way okay. before any of that. Okay. See, can I have the. Let me have your Bible for a minute. Okay. I know we met the other day, but I'm. Is it Nicole? Jesseline. That's right, Jesseline. It's a really pretty name. Jesseline. When you get born again, when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside you. He's the author of this book. Amen. So now, now, when you open the Bible and you, you ask the Holy Spirit, who Jesus introduced to us as our teacher, Holy Spirit, show me what I need to read. Explain to me what's written in this book. Open my eyes to this. In fact, there's a prayer in Ephesians, and Pastor Beth, when she comes up, give her the Ephesians prayer, chapter 1, verse 17, 15, that. Literally, it's a prayer to receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation from God pertaining to the things of God. See, before we're born again, our spirit's dead. The Holy Spirit doesn't live in us. So when we open this book, it doesn't make sense. And that's why some people say, it's a beautiful book of poetry. It's a beautiful history. It's a, yeah, it's wonderful, all these things. But it's alive. And until you have the one who wrote the book living inside you, and then even after you're born again, if you don't seek the wisdom and knowledge of the Holy Spirit, you could still be ignorant of some of the things. And some of it, you don't make the connections. So before we leave, come up here. Pastor Beth's going to pray for you. Okay, you watch what happens. Amen. Amen? Amen. Anybody else? Um, I just wanted to give you a word of encouragement because I kind of shared the same sentiment very early on. Come on, Angela, preach, girl. Um, <laughs> um, I think when you're an intellectual person, 
you try to understand it with your mind. You try to overanalyze, overthink, right? We're very good at that. Um, I think what you need to do is just open it and start reading it every day. Let it talk to you. Your spirit yeah. understands it. Yeah. Right? It's like That's good. It's like if you've ever tried to learn a new language, you don't fully understand yet how the language is spoken. You're just studying it. You're just learning like how to pronounce the words. And then when you're around people who are speaking the language, you start to pick it up because you remember what you, what you were studying. So if you just start reading it every day, Amen. then when you're sitting under a word like this and you hear certain scriptures, you get a check in your spirit and you're like, oh, I remember that. I remember reading that. Or I, I heard that lyric in a song and it's actually in the Bible. And you start to connect the dots that way. Amen. And for anyone that thinks that, you know, memorization is hard and this book is so big and I'm never going to get it, don't believe that because how many songs do we know? I know songs from when I was in middle school that if they came on right now, I would know every single word. So our spirit, our spirit knows it and the mind may not, like we're trying to understand it with our carnal minds, but if, if you've been saved, then your spirit is alive, and all you have to do is just open that thing up every day, and it, it will do the work for you. It'll speak. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. You coming back next Wednesday? That was weak. Are you coming back next Wednesday? Okay. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for tonight. Holy Spirit, we are so grateful for all that you've taught us tonight, the connections that you've made. The, the revealing and illumination of your word tonight, Lord God. Father, we can truly say that we're leaving this place different tonight. I thank you, Father, for faith that's rising up in all of our hearts, God. I thank you, Lord, for those that are here tonight that are facing major challenges, that now they're going to take hold of your promises, just step out in faith, trust you, and just watch you, Father God, just work in their lives. We're so blessed for that. Now, Lord, I pray if there's anybody here tonight that has never received the Lord Jesus Christ, has never confessed and declared their faith in him, that they believe that he is the son of God, that they believe that he died on the cross for our sins, that they believe that you, Father, raised him from the dead. Lord, I pray that, that not one individual would leave this place today without coming up front and receiving prayer and praying that prayer of salvation, Lord. We trust you for this, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 If you need prayer for anything, but especially if you have not received the Lord Jesus Christ or declared your faith in him, please do not leave this place tonight without taking care of that. Amen. Thank you. God bless you.